Hello, amazing listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Boo Business Podcast, the unscripted show where we unveil, demystify some of the confusing parts of birth, breastfeeding, and infant care during the first year of life while having a little fun. I'm your host, Naomi Katron, registered nurse and board certified lactation consultant. Our mission here is simple, to foster collaboration and maternal child health and empower both families and businesses alike. We're all about creating a community where everyone feels supported and informed. In each episode, we dive deep into engaging discussions that span the entire spectrum of birth through the first year. From newborn feeding, because let's face it, it's something we all have got questions about, to tackling issues like tongue ties, the mysteries of pacifiers, mental health, body work, and just so much more. So whether you're a new parent now, navigating the incredible journey of early parenthood or a seasoned professional in the birth business, this podcast is your go-to source for laughter, knowledge, and some great insights. So we're here to make learning about boob business not just informative, but enjoyable. So join us for conversations that not only spark your curiosity, but also bring a smile to your face. So remember, every episode is a chance to connect, learn, and share. So hit the subscribe button and let's embark on this exciting journey together. Today's episode is going to be a little different than usual. Um, I wanted to spend some time talking to you guys and just sharing a little bit about what I wish I would have told myself as a new mom. So if I can go back in time and tell me, Naomi, brand new mom, some things I wish I would have done differently or wish I would have listened to. That's kind of what I've been thinking about recently because... Um, my eldest son is getting ready to graduate high school and go off to college. And so, you know, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to record a bunch more episodes in the spring and summer because I'm going to take some time off to focus on that transition and um, some other things that we're working on. Um, we have a nutrition, an infant nutrition course coming out to help parents with transitioning into solids, making sure their babies get the proper nutrients and handle how to introduce high allergen foods and um, help with eczema. So that is something I'm working on in addition to releasing a mini documentary that um, was filmed here. So there's a lot going on here, but I really do want to spend this time um focusing on the transition that I have of my first baby going into the adult world, which um, is something that we don't, well, some of us spend time thinking about, but it doesn't become real until it's here. And I was not that mom who dropped their kid off at kindergarten and cried. Like I was so happy and you're so, I was just so ready. He is older for his age. He's a September birthday. So when he started kindergarten, he turned six and I'm grateful for that. Actually, I definitely recommend that. Um, but now I am that mom whose kid is going off to college and I am feeling super um, emotional about it. He's a great human being and he will be a great adult and dad and husband and all of that. But still, it's like, oh my gosh, a person like my son is leaving my sphere of influence and he could actually leave and never come back or live here or cuddle with me again. So I just wanted to spend some time talking about the things that I've been reflecting on that I wish I would have done differently or I wish I would have known differently. So hopefully um, I can maybe help someone out there um, prevent, you know, spinning your wheels for no reason. Um, 
I do see a lot of families who are having their babies and they just want to do everything perfectly. And that's kind of the first message is um, your baby really just needs to feel loved. First of all, basic needs must be handled. They have to be clean. You know, they have to be well fed. They have to feel your warmth. They have to feel um, nurtured, you know, and so those are just basic things. If you are doing that, you are a 90%, you know, 95% doing what they need. Um, I've read so many parenting books and they change a lot from, you know, childhood to adolescence to teenagehood to adulthood. And it really is interesting. What everyone says is that those formative years, those first five years, your child needs to feel secure and safe and loved. And so that is the the most important thing for your baby, whether how you feed them, what kind of bottle, what kind of fancy crib you have or stroller or monitoring device or any of those things, they're, they're more for us as parents, not really for the baby. So I guess the first thing I would say is try your best to focus on what really matters, which are making sure your baby feels secure and safe. And of course, nurtured. Um, that's the most important thing above all. They can feel your energy. And so if you are very anxious about how perfectly you're holding your baby or um, how you're feeding them exactly and how much is breastfeeding versus bottle feeding, you're you know very concerned with the volume as opposed to um, the time that you spend, if you're regimented with sleep, eat, play, sleep, eat, play, as opposed to reading your baby's signals for knowing if they actually are hungry or if they actually do want to play or they just need to go back to sleep because maybe that day they're growing a little bit more and they don't fit into that proper schedule. You know, that's something I would kind of warn against. Your baby is not going to follow any, any, any textbook. Okay. Just let's make that real clear. And each baby is different. So unless there's a book written for your baby, you should not really be trying to fit them and their personality and their needs in this little square peg or whatever. Um, so that is something I think that it would be, I wish I would have known. I did subscribe and I was advised to like read this book about getting your baby on a schedule. And it was very strict about sleep, eat, play, sleep, eat, play. And good Lord, and not feed your baby before three hours. And that did not work for many, many reasons. And it was the beginning of me putting all this undue pressure. I really felt like this other mom was doing it. She advised it to me. She swears by it. She has four kids. I should be able to do it if I want an orderly house. And if I want a baby, that's not going to grow up to be spoiled or or take over my life. So Please throw those things out the window. Every baby is different. And sometimes, just like you, some days you're super hungry and some days you're super sleepy and you don't follow an actual regimented military style schedule. So that's one first thing that I wish I would have done differently is just watched my baby, followed his cues as opposed to trying to put them into some schedule. Um, the other thing I would say is I also got some advice that was like, don't pick your baby up so much because you're going to spoil them and don't sleep with them. And this is when my babies were bigger, like two and three years old. And I definitely regret that. Um, your baby will not go away to college still sleeping in your bed. And, you know, that is just not going to, it's just not going to happen. But what does happen is sooner than you imagine, they are pushing away from you. And you have to understand that your baby spends 
so many more hours away from you if they go to school. Once they do go to school or they go away to college, but they're they're never going to be just like in your bed forever. Or um, I don't know how else to say it other than you know they're not going to be clinging onto you forever. But that is part of them feeling attached and nurtured and cared for and safe. And that could go for both parents. It doesn't just have to be the mom. So I would definitely not listen to any advice that says you'll spoil your baby if you don't get them on like sleeping in their bed by the time they're whatever, 18 months old or sleeping um, independent of you or, you know, picking them up or taking naps with them. If that's what you guys want to do, then just treasure that time while you have it. Um, because when they do start to exert their independence, you have to let them do that also. Um, so that is something else that pops off the top of my mind. This is one of the things that I always say to people, and I hope, I don't know how it falls when other people hear me say it, but I will, I would definitely kind of look at parenting as a marathon and not a sprint. So what I mean by that is I had my first baby and I was like, I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to breastfeed even if it kills me. And I did basically breastfeed till it killed me because I triple fed more or less for six months, which is never recommended. And it did steal the joy I had of spending one-on-one time with my baby. So that is probably not a great recommendation. If the choice of how you're feeding your baby is causing you such angst and stress, you definitely going to want to get outside advice, like someone who's not in your sphere of influence, someone who's not influenced by you, like a fresh set of eyes, um, even if it's like a virtual postpartum counselor, mental health counselor, or um, a lactation consultant, um, or um, maybe a doula who's trained in perinatal mental health, because a lot of our anxieties are... Um, it's very hard for anyone to reason with us when we have we have our mindset on something, but it is nice to get a bird's eye view from someone else who's not involved in the story and maybe see if they can see something you don't. So so this is a marathon, not a sprint. So enjoy your baby, whatever it takes for you to enjoy your baby, for your baby to feel calm, nurturing energy as opposed to nervous, frantic, anxious energy is what I wish I would have done differently. Are you a parent of a baby between three and six months old, ready to transform uncertainty about infant nutrition and solid food feeding into absolute mastery? Then our new course called Baby's First Bites is perfect for you. Equip yourself with the supreme confidence to navigate the exciting journey of introducing solid foods to your baby and dive into the knowledge and practical tips for crafting safe, nourishing meals that actively contribute to your baby's development. So this course is perfect for you if you value time-efficient strategies, if you believe in the power of whole foods, if you prioritize safety, and if you embrace a holistic evidence-based approach. Just as a side note, our baby's first bites digital course has an option for live interactive sessions for more personalized guidance as well. So this course will be offered several times per year. We're currently accepting people onto our wait list. You can also take our short quiz 
by visiting www.milkdiva.com forward slash nutrition or visit the link in the show notes. After completing the quiz, you'll receive our seven page solids readiness checklist. It'll be sent straight to your inbox. And if you just want to skip the quiz and all of that and just join our waitlist, visit the same webpage and just click the link for joining our waitlist. Hope to see you over there. This is a marathon. So if you're spending your first three, four, five years making all the food and practicing my baby can read and taking him to all the library story times and making this extravagant, I think I made one day like, I think I made cinnamon rolls with cauliflower puree icing and I tried to make like all of these homemade foods with hidden vegetables in there and um, I did like a play gym, like this gym that you can go that, I don't really know why it was so special, but I did all the special things. I did all the special photography. I did all the um, mind enriching things. Um, the only thing I didn't do is I did not do art class in my house. There's no glitter up in my house. We're not doing that, but I, you know, but everything else we, we did. And so none of that is wrong. However, I was partially at the time, it's just hard to do all those things when you're working, when your partner's not home, when you're the only person doing it, and when it's taking a strain on you mentally. If that brings you joy and you don't feel like it is um, draining you, then go for it. That's like life giving to you. But what I am going to tell you, I want you to pause and I want you to think about this question. All of the things that you are doing or plan to do with your baby. We also took our baby, I think, at nine months to Atlantis, like in the Bahamas. And it was a trip that we won with work, my husband and I, but like he was traveling across the world with us at a very young age. So all these things that you're doing with your baby, ask yourself, if when my kid turns 13, 14, 15, and they don't want to talk to me, I could be laying on the floor, you know, in terrible pain because my appendix is going to burst and my child walks, my teenager walks over me and asks me what's for dinner. And then is mad maybe that I don't have dinner ready because I'm on the floor with, you know, some sort of pain related to an appendix or whatever the case may be. Will you resent him or her for not having gratitude for all the things you did and all the sacrifices you did? I just want you to take time to think about that um, because whatever you do decide to do for your baby, do it not because you think they're going to be grateful for it later, but because it fills your heart. Um, because these little people grow up to be, you know, selfish humans, and then they have their own families, and then they realize how much you did for them. But that's a long time waiting. And so I just want to put that out there to not really try to do things because you're getting benefit or getting any kind of positive reinforcement or hope to get positive reinforcement or um, affirmation from your kids because that may happen, but it's not likely to happen. And so those are just a couple of things that I might just implore you to consider as you're going through this journey called motherhood or parenthood because you could be a dad as well going through this. And um, it is super important to remember, this is, I'm going to give you two other pieces of advice that was very helpful to me. Um, your baby and you as a family will be together for the next 18 years, God willing. <clears throat> but after that, 
you're still left in the house with your partner, hopefully. Like, that is the plan. So my husband and I have been married 21 going on 22 years by the time this airs. And I remember someone telling that early on, because I did make the baby the center of my universe. And I did not... um give my husband in the beginning credit for being competent enough to do what I was doing. I was like, I do it better, basically. And so now anyone else, you know, anyone who knows us can say, wow, the tables have really changed. Your husband probably can do it better than you can. And yes, that, that is true. I do have two boys. Um, <clears throat> but I wish I would have lifted him up more, given him more opportunity, encouraged him, and given him that confidence. I trust you. I know you got this. This is fine because we're partners in this. Because you fast forward now, and my kids are leaving, and it's still he and I. So whatever I did over these last 18 years that did not build him up, like that resentment could still be there. Um, luckily, you know, that's not, you know, we've, we don't have that resentment or we've dealt with that already on both sides. But that is something, you know, people who are putting their babies before their partners, I would just warn against that um, because, the goal is for you to actually spend more years with your partner than you do with your children. So just remember that. That was one really good piece of advice that was given to me that I took to heart. And the next piece of advice that I took to heart, which has always been very challenging, is to be careful any decision you make not to make it out of fear. So for example, as your kids get older, you know, daycare or um, in-home nanny service, public school or private school, um, all sorts of different decisions you're going to need to make. And so I would, you know, it's very important when you're making, when you find yourself making decisions based on fear, you really want to get with someone to help you manage those fears. Because there's lots of things in this world to be fearful of, but parenting out of fear is generally not the best recommendation for lots of reasons. So this is just a short little episode to share with you guys a little bit about some of the things I wish someone would have imparted on me. I'm not sure that I would have listened because I think as a young parent, I def- and there was not even Google involved. There was no Google or Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or anything when I had my kids and, or at least the first one. And so imagine now if they had that, I don't know that I would be open to someone else's advice because I would think I know everything or I can Google it to find out, or I can take an online course. Um, but I do think there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of use and purpose to maybe listening. And that's what I like, trying to listen to older people and learn from their mistakes or learn from their life experiences um, and apply what I can apply to my life. So in this case, I'm not really much older than you guys are, but um I do have 18 years of parenting experience and I see a lot, a lot of women come in here and I think many of us are worried about doing things perfectly and we don't realize that all our kids really need is to feel unconditionally loved, safe and cared for and nurtured and all the other things are like sprinkling sprinkles on the cake or sprinkles on the ice cream, whatever you choose. Um, so, I hope that helps you guys. I hope you can take a nice deep breath. 
and find comfort in knowing that if you're listening to this podcast, I am pretty sure you just love your little baby and you're trying to do all the things you can to make sure you're doing everything right and really take a deep breath, go ahead and love up and cuddle on them regardless of if they're sleeping through the night yet or not or eating well or not. Give your partner a big hug, let them know how much you trust them and that you're in partnership with them with raising this little human, but how much you value them above um, anything else. And that uh, I hope that this helps you have a long, loving relationship with your kids and your partner. And I hope in 18 years from now or whatever, 15 years from now, you can look back and say, oh, some of that stuff, one thing was very helpful or two things were very helpful. And you can pay it forward to other people. But anyway, that is all I have for you today. Um, Keep us in your prayers. We have a lot going on here at Milk Diva. Like I said, nutrition course will be rolling out for uh, introduction to solids and helping kids overcome eczema and um, documentary being filmed here, which is going to be awesome. will be aired on public TV and a couple other really cool places. So uh, keep looking at our Instagram or get on our email list um, on our webpage and stay in touch with us and um yeah and just pray for our family as we're going through these transitions with big kids going away and what that means what that looks like um and that's it so i hope you guys have a great day thank you so much for supporting the podcast would love and appreciate if you wouldn't mind taking time to share this podcast um or review the podcast on like the little give us a couple stars or whatnot it really helps other people find us so thank you so much for listening um i hope you have a blessed day bye thanks for listening to learn more about newborn feeding and get your free swipe file visit milkdiva.com forward slash newborn feeding and if you've ever said wow i wish i would have known that while you're listening to this podcast then help a friend out and share this podcast with them. You can also help us by leaving us a rating so more people can benefit from finding this podcast. Medical disclaimer, please know that all opinions expressed on this podcast are solely my own and not intended to substitute the advice of a medical provider. I am not a medical doctor and all information shared is intended for your general knowledge and is geared towards full-term healthy singleton infants and healthy low-risk pregnant or postpartum women.